0: Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as
1: we explore the mysteries of Scripture. The realm of God. And freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Snake hey,
0: welcome Snakebirds to another episode of the cast. In today's episode, we're taking on a concept that is brought up in the New Testament three different times with implications linked to spiritual growth and maturity. That concept is the milk and the meat of the word talking about different degrees of spiritual teachings.
1: Isn't that right, Stephen? That is right. And what a great day it is to be here with you again, Snakebirds. And we're very excited to get into the meat of this topic today, which is <laughs> the milk versus meat in scripture. Oh I don't gosh. know if it's verses, but milk and meat. Get your cups ready and your steak knives. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, what on earth is Paul talking about with this whole milk and meat business? That, yeah, exactly. Is it the very basic versus the complex in the Bible? Or are we talking about the very mysteries of God you hear us mention in every intro? Or I, I thought maybe even perhaps he's talking about Deuteronomy fourteen twenty one where the Israelites were commanded not to cook the meat of a goat in its mother's milk. <laughs> it <laughs> remains to be seen. Yeah. But hopefully today we can bat this all around and get some really great insights and application from the topic of milk. And meat.
0: Yeah, I was reading the one-year Bible, and I came across some of these milk and meat verses, and it got me a pondering, as my friend Stephen might say. Uh, <laughs> what me it, sound uh, like a hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> what is milk and what is meat? How do we know what we're drinking or eating? Do we desire the pure milk of the word, or is there murky milk? Is there bad meat? And I feel like for me, I've always had an idea of what this topic means, but I've never stopped to lay a foundation of understanding around this idea. Like what, Mm -hmm. what is, what is what, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true. And I never thought about that, too, like the the variations of milk, what is good, what is bad. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have, but not in relation to
0: this phrase. I I know exactly, because Peter will will go on to say, he says, desire the pure milk of the word. And I was like, Mm. what if it's not pure? What if it's impure? And, And... I think there's some things to speak into about that, but I also feel like as Christians, you know, we, we want high grade. We don't, you know, we don't want, uh, Joe's back alley cow lot, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want, Hey, sideburns, you want some milk,
1: you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Well, when I think of the topic, milk and meat, in Scripture, my mind goes straight to 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2, because that's, you know, Paul mm-hmm. uses the exact terminology of milk and meat. Yes. And I know it's mentioned in, in various other places, but, um you know, I, I realize that Paul gave this example as, as kind of a, a tip of the iceberg for the church at Corinth. Um, when we read the whole letter and the things that the people there were doing or not doing that caused Paul to give that analogy— We see that the topic, it's about growth, which obviously, (laughs) because we're talking about babies drinking milk and and mature eating meat. Yeah. Um, But I I wanted to state from the get-go here that Paul is, he's really intentional when he gives analogies and parallels for understanding spiritual things. Because I think of like Ephesians 6, where he chooses the very specific pieces of armor to show how the Christian can utilize what God's given us to live victoriously. Also think of like 1 Corinthians 9.24 where competitive athletes highlighted mm-hmm. um, to consider the Christian life as a race run for a prize. So I, I just wanted to encourage the listeners to remember that that Paul is very calculated when choosing examples And when he mentions baby Christians drinking milk, mature Christians eating solid food, we should really use that parallel for what it's meant to be, which is an attempt to boost a believer's growth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's obviously about maturity and growth, like you just said. And um, it's, it's interesting that a baby has a stomach only for milk whereas adults are able to eat solid food and and um my life situation has kind of changed so i have some first hand experience in this With both types of young grower uppers lately, ones that are only on milk and then ones that are starting to transition into solid food. And it's just, to me, it's fascinating because babies, they need milk and formula. It's all that their little tummies and mouths can handle. They haven't developed the systems needed to digest solid food yet, things like teeth or, you know, certain types of stomach acid to break all that stuff down. I mean, it's just everything they need is that in that calcium. It's, it's, causing their bones to grow. But then if we were to keep only feeding them milk as they were trying to get bigger, yeah. it would mess them up. Yeah. And there's that transition that has to happen and and I think that's one of the things that Paul uh emphasizes especially in 1 Corinthians is that um, you know, giving like having a baby is really cute. Yeah. But staying a baby not so much.
1: Yeah. No, that's important. It, the milk is there for the proper time that we're developing in that at that level mm-hmm. and then like you said it's it's going to be embarrassing if you remain at that level throughout <laughs> when you're supposed to grow i
0: just thinking of like can you imagine if somebody invited you to dinner and you like go to a restaurant and everybody's ordering and you're like you just pop out a bottle and you're like i got my meal right here you know <laughs> <laughs> and just put it in and like they're all looking at you like what in the world is this? My
1: mind first, when you said that, went to like the, some of those corny movies where a guy orders milk at a bar and everybody's yeah. all looking at him sideways <laughs> with their whiskeys. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> I need a sarsaparilla and some milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, there's obviously there's a lot to um, to jump into, uh, Josh. I know that I really just dove into First Corinthians three, and I was kind of planning on dissecting that, uh, just reading portions and then going back. And I know that you've got several other verses or scriptures that you go to as well. Do yeah. You, are you ready to go into those, or you want to? Is there any more prep we need to go over? Um. No, I think we could do that. I, I'd say let's go for it. Okay. Cool. So. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 23, I'm just going to read through that real quick to give us some context. Okay. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to babes in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing growth. Then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, another is building upon it. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it. So we can see right off the bat here that um, there's a segregation that's directly related to the points Paul is making. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus came to start a unified church to become his bride. People are already putting their hierarchies in place to distinguish certain humans in the spotlight instead of Jesus. And Paul, he's really clear in verse 7 that God is the one who causes growth after the foundation of Jesus has been laid. Yes. And that is really the number one thing to understand at the beginning of growth. Because if a personal relationship with Jesus isn't the true foundation in someone's life, then they won't really be growing. Uh, they can even be constructing an image that looks like growth, but it won't be guided by God. Mm. And this, it really reminds me of Jesus' parable in uh, Matthew seven twenty four, where he talks about the two foundations that can be built on uh, you know, the sand and the rock. Yeah. And the point Jesus is making is that if, if we have him as our foundation, then we'll be saved on that alone. But an interesting point in this next portion of 1 Corinthians 3 is that we can choose to build poorly upon that foundation, which is pointing to our work on this earth after we've received Christ, um, wallowing in milk for the rest of your life, you might say. Yes. You can choose to do that, which would be a real tragedy. Um, And I I was going to jump into the next portion of of 1 Corinthians 3 there, Josh, unless you wanted to add anything. Uh, Not yet. Go ahead. Okay. So, verse 11, picking up there. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built upon remains, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Hmm. If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. Hmm. Um, These verses are... Super intriguing to me. Um, it, it shows the power of God's promise to those who accept Jesus for salvation. I think of Romans fourteen four. Uh, you are to ju- who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. And I just I find comfort and warning in this whole concept. Because it displays the unconditional love of God through the work of Jesus. The main point being Jesus' work on the cross that saves us. And, and there's nothing that we could do or bring before God's feet that could save us. And this would be, I, I see this as the very milk of understanding. Mm. And and I love how on even mere milk we are saved. Yes. And I love that. But um, the, the warning side of these verses, it would speak to the tragedy uh, of refusing to grow. Um, if we refuse to leave the milk of God's word, then everything we try to accomplish from that foundation forward, it might be all in vain. Paul says that the work itself will be burned up while we ourselves are saved, and. Um, yeah, we're saved. And, and then some people would be like, "Oh, well, at least I'm saved, you know? Yes. And that's not the right way to look at it because um, it's a real tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy to remain like a baby your whole life. Like we, we said earlier, if if we refuse to grow in the knowledge and understanding of God, then it's almost like a forced handicap we're putting on ourselves, which will result in less joy, more struggle. And overall, it's going to make us some very ineffective Christians. Mm. Yeah, When you
0: look at the church of Corinth and what they were going through, it's really sad to see Paul say, I would love to go further with you in terms of teachings, but you're not even getting what you're supposed to be getting. You're not even able to digest the milk that I have for you. And yet in their pride, they thought they were like ready for prime rib. Right. And they're like, serve it up. And he's like, no, you guys, you guys are spitting out the, you know, I'm burping you and everything's coming back up. You will die. Yes, yeah. And he's like, you, you do not have the theological teeth to cut this meat that I will, I will be cramming down uh, your I like the way in. you put that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just sad because I think I've been there in my life And,
1: um, Oh, Lord knows I have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you can't look at them and and judge them too much because you're like, well, I've been there. Yeah. It's just, they were overrun with carnality and they were overrun with, I feel like just the system of, of hierarchy and, and focusing on the wrong things, of course. Yeah. And it was stifling them. And I, I feel like that's the part of the milk versus meat that you're dialing in on, which I really appreciate, is the stifled growth that happens almost by choice, where it is that person who like, all I can imagine is like a Arnold Schwarzenegger type of ammunition belt, but instead of, uh, you know, 30-06 bullets on there or Uzis or whatever, they just have bottles of milk and yeah. they're just like chunking it. And they're just like, check
1: this out, I'm it, ready. It's and, like Vin Diesel on the past. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because they just they always are, you know. I, yeah. and I mean, even then, what happens is just a mess because they're not really ready to receive it, and mm-hmm. and it's wild that. Um, and I'm not going to go into others because I know we're still focused on this First Corinthians verse, but at least two other authors in the Bible reference milk and meat. And they understand this same concept. Uh, some people were like, "Well, when Paul wrote First Corinthians and Hebrews, he talked about milk and meat." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you Bible students out out there know that we can't just say Paul wrote Hebrews. So that's a whole nother <laughs> uh, snakebird debate. But yeah. um, it's just it's just wild to think there is. Uh, spiritual growth that we are supposed to experience. And by that design, we are supposed to be able to start to understand more complex issues of theology. But until we are able to even just ingest those basic things, we're not going to move forward.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and i can't wait till we go to those you want me to just wrap up first corinthians here just keep here? going yeah keep okay. going okay we'll wrap it up this is the i, I had it in three portions so and, and i think it'll it'll be a great springboard to jump into some more specifics uh, in application mm-hmm. and, and what stuff is looking like on a more yeah. applicable level so um, let me pick back up in verse 18 of first corinthians chapter 3 okay Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks he is wise in this age, let him become foolish that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. For it is written, He is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasonings of the wise, that they are useless. So then let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All things belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Mm -hmm. And these verses are the type that it flips our way of thinking. It's the whole first shall be last, last shall be first. You must lose your life to gain it. If you wish to cling to your life, you're going to lose it. And in these milk-meat writings, Paul says, it's the foolish who become wise and the wise who become fools. And it really throws us for a loop because it makes no sense in human understanding for mm-hmm. things to work this way. I think of a person uh, that dedicates their whole life to higher education and accumulating knowledge. Uh, it, it would be those people who have gained extraordinary understanding and rightly so in human eyes. But the the hard thing for a Christian when reading these types of verses um, I, I would think it would be the temptation to think, well, what on earth am I studying my Bible for anyway? If mm-hmm. if none of my efforts gains me any ground, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And it's that type of question um, that makes me want to park for a little bit on the difference between the words knowledge and understanding. Because our effort in this Christian walk actually... Uh, it does make a difference, not in mm-hmm. salvation, but in progress. Yes. And so I, I do want to park in those waters, you might say, um, for a little bit. But Josh, do you want to g- go to your scriptures? That way we can we can get some more of, of God's word on it. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: first and foremost, I wanted to echo what you said about Paul and using the illustrations that he uses, because I feel like sometimes I start in my my finite mind or whatever to carry them out and I'm like wait this still fits you know whether he's using the athlete the soldier the farmer yeah I, it's no mistake because these are totally god breathed and I feel like these illustrations god knew what he was doing and saying let's use that one even like you you were talking about the athlete that that run the race so as you might yeah. win you you know don't you know that one competes and wins the crown and it's just uh, anyway I I really Appreciate that. And I felt like this fit, uh, especially in what we're trying to do as believers. And of course, everyone knows food. You yeah. know, we all have to eat in order to survive. And so I feel like anyone's like, oh, yeah, milk and solid food, milk and meat. Mm-hmm. They're going to understand that. And it's obvious that we need both of those things to gain muscle and to build strength. And, um, I found this, I thought that was really interesting because I'm going to go ahead and, and just give my divine illustration that I feel like God gave me right off the bat is, uh, one person said this, the difference between milk and meat or solid food is one of degrees, not kinds. Every doctrine that can be taught in seminary can be taught to children, though not in the same words. And what the author of this little statement is trying to say is that um, we are we're making sure that we avoid gnosticism mm. because it's like I know something that you don't, and you'll never know it because I've. I've experienced this. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a danger in that because there could be pride in saying, I know more than you and you'll never get to that level because another commentator said this, and I feel like he was really reaching out to pastors and teachers in the way that he said this. He said, there are not two gospels, one for the learned and one for the unlearned. There is no part of the gospel that we are authorized to keep back from the people. And and as The more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, well, how does this relate to milk and meat? Because in my mind, when I came to this um, topic, I really wanted to provide uh, from the Bible some examples of milky topics mm. and some examples of meaty topics. Yeah. And I've dwelt on that, and I'm like, well, how do we say it to someone where they don't feel like, wait, you're saying it's beyond my level? And the best thing that I could land on, and I, I didn't even think of it until I was on my way here tonight was math because math um, has levels. It has degrees without a doubt. It's not kinds of math necessarily. It just has degrees because you have um, you've got, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. Those are all the things that we learn first that lay a foundation for our understanding of math. But then as we advance in that, then we can add things like fractions and decimals. And then later on, where I didn't really get that far, <laughs> algebra, statistics, <laughs> uh, trigonometry, calculus. And these are all forms of math. They're just more advanced forms. Yeah. And so if I had to say that there were milky maths and meaty maths, the milky is the basic stuff and the meaty is the things that come later as you build the foundation of the milk. Yeah, And, um, I feel like that's exemplified in scripture. Um, because as you just, uh, so eloquently talked about 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I gave you milk, not meat, for you were not ready. Indeed, you are still not ready. Well, then also Peter in 1 Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk, so that it, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And I thought it was interesting because that word pure uh, also, can be translated as sincere, and it it it's adalos. Uh, that's the Greek word, and it's unmixed or unadulterated, and it's only used one time in the New Testament. It's this is the only place. Desire the pure milk, the un unadulterated, the unmixed uh, milk of the word, and I feel like we could jump into how at times. Especially with some bad doctrine, there could be some mixing of the milk, right. uh, you know. And yeah. um, we'll 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 put a pin in that for just a second. But let me mention the third place where milk and meat is mentioned, and that is Hebrews chapter five, verses eleven through fourteen, because the writer of Hebrews. AKA, we don't know. <laughs> I was going to say somebody funny just to try to throw you off, but I, we've had this discussion a million times. Yeah, um, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because we because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. This sounds pretty uh, parallel to 1 Corinthians. This is what he goes on to say. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk... Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so I started to formulate this, um, this milk drinkers only versus meat eaters and uh, a good healthy glass of milk at times. Because it's obvious that milk drinkers only are not acquainted with teachings about righteousness or to, to put it more clearly, they're unskilled in the word. Uh, They're also needing to grow up in their salvation, whereas meat eaters have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. They have developed a level of spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is the main context of milk versus meat of saying, hey, where are you at in your relationship with God? Because if you're only... Um, still laying that basic understanding, that's not a bad thing as long as there's an intention and a direction to go the right way. Because again, babies are cute. But if you saw a 17 year old who didn't have any of the, the proper health attributes, you know, because they didn't develop correctly, only drinking milk, you know? um, Yeah. I don't know. I've, have you seen those like six year olds that are still breastfeeding? It just Oh, it creeps me out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, that was horror, but... <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know if you're still breastfeeding your child at six, please forgive me. I'm not trying to like single you out. I'm just saying that I feel like, and, and I understand that any mom who's still breastfeeding their child at six is probably completely feeding them table food and regular things that are going to benefit them because, you know, they're there. They need that stuff. But mm. can you imagine what a humid man or human child would look like at the age of 10 who only ever drank milk I don't know if they'd still even be alive yeah they would be sickly
1: you know I I think about that example and I think all of us instinctively if we were to see like in your example there about a kid being that old and still being breastfed it's on a serious level, we all we all notice there's something wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're getting too old for this. Yeah, you should be growing. You should be on on more solid food, obviously. Yeah, and I think that that is very much so like how we can be in our Christian walk with God. I mean, we can obviously the milk is the foundation, but um, it is. It's almost embarrassing if if you're not growing. Yes.
0: Yeah, and that's what we talk about is when we first get saved, we need to lay... Like, God already lays a foundation of faith for us, but then we start building through supplementing our faith and learning things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about what I feel are milky topics because Paul... uh, oh my gosh, I almost did it. Because whoever wrote Hebrews does it himself. <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't believe Paul wrote Hebrews, but apparently my subconscious does. <laughs> um, whoever wrote Hebrews goes in and lays out some things that he feels are milky topics. And I'm going to talk about those, and then I'm going to contrast it with what some of the things that I feel are meaty topics and why we feel like those are a big difference and, and why we feel like, somebody who's a brand new believer shouldn't get into those things because I think it's going to mess them up and then I also feel like um, we do need milk we really Mm -hmm. do we need to go back to those basic foundation tenets of the word of God and tenets of the faith and really like just sharpen them in our minds and I feel like that's why even Peter's uh, verse is there desire the pure milk of the word and I feel like even though he might have been writing to those that are newer believers I feel like he's saying that to everyone saying hey, it's okay to have a glass of milk with um, your Oreos at times or, yeah. or, you know, milk with your cereal. It's okay to, you know, I don't know. Some people love milk for dinner, yeah. I, I, depending on what part of the country you're in. My mom loves it. She she drinks chocolate milk like it's going out of style. Yeah. But, um, you know, and she's a she's an adult. <laughs> she, she, she needs to drink milk to not get osteoporosis or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I think um, we need it this and this yeah and there's a reason for that there's a reason for this instruction
1: you just made me think of you know a warm glass of milk helps me go to sleep you go to sleep or i will put you to sleep
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're in my world now yeah yeah oh is that like a (laughs) army movie or something oh something like that okay yeah Well, and I want to say that that since we've talked about the writer of Hebrews so much and my subconscious even had a slip, this is just for uh, any snakebirds out there that love this kind of thing. The writer of Hebrews does not use the same word for meat when talking about spiritual food like Paul does in First Corinthians. And I feel like if Paul was writing both letters, he probably would use the exact same Greek word. You know,
1: so. I, I love how the the biblical writers inspired by God picked up on each other's uh-huh. um, letters to yes. churches. And yeah. it's just really neat to see how Apollos picked up on the whole milk meat. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, driving that stick home. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, that is, that was really intriguing when you mentioned, you mentioned that before we started recording. I was yeah. like, I've never heard, yeah. I've never seen that.
0: I never, I never thought about it. There's that's cool. the word, uh, I think it's tofe is meat in Greek, but then there's this word broma.
1: Tofu's not meat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you? Are you a vegan? We, we can't be friends anymore. Podcast over. Uh, no offense to any vegans out there. No. We just want you Egg to eat something good.
1: <laughs> um, before we move on, you kind of spurned some, some thoughts, too. I, I thought as you were talking about so many times in my life where you, we talked earlier about Muddy milk, in mm-hmm. milk that we can build that, that's not good to grow in, mm-hmm. and I, I've I've thought about several times in my life where I've had to go back, where I did have meat in certain areas, but it was it was like an incomplete meat. Mm-hmm. but i had to go back and re- i realized you know what i i need to adjust w- my milk intake from way back then that's yeah. a cool thing about the living word of god is it, it can it, we can be time travelers we can go back and correct our thinking yes. in some of the milk that we once grew in yes. and and our meat can develop in in a more um nutritional way spiritually yeah. speaking yeah. you know a- as we connect those dots oh my which, gosh I I kind of I kind of go in in that direction a little bit here in a bit, but um yeah yeah that just made me think about how you can go back and, and discover how, uh, you can adjust that milk. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I'm sorry, but I can't move on from the Jerry McGuire ness of what you just said when you said incomplete meat, and I couldn't uh... help but think of you complete me. <laughs> I had incomplete meat. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I love our movie references. Oh, man. I hope they never stop.
1: I know. They won't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, as as long as uh, one of us is behind this mic. Right, exactly. (laughs)
1: I'm surprised we haven't a fit Gladiator in here somewhere. (laughs) Hold the line. (laughs) Give me some meat. Give the men milk. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Enough. Um, Sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, you. Were you still going on that uh, no but you know what you did just spurn a thought
0: about the Old Testament that we've talked about uh, I think just briefly is Jael um. Remember her yeah. uh, where Sisera had fled from Barak and Deborah and he was running and he came to, I think it's Heber's tent and his wife, Jael was there and, and he's like, hide me. And, and she was like, okay. And he's like, I've been running forever and we're getting defeated and they're searching for me. I want some water. And she gave him milk.
1: Oh, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. And, and it put him to sleep. And the next thing you know, she drives a tent peg through his head. Head and um I I remember so many teachers have used that application of like the milk of the word will be what deals with some of the sin in our lives. And you know, you just you just spurred that thought.
1: Um that's a very get back to basics type of concept, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Sometimes it's the simplest things. It's like yeah. Well, and that's why I
0: feel like, and I don't know if I've presented that as clearly as I can, I don't feel like if we're spiritually mature, we should only be eating meat. Like, yeah. just meat. Give me solid food. I just want that. Because that's not good for our spiritual digestion either. I think we need a balanced diet um, spiritually of both the basics and the more complex things. Yeah. Because we don't want to forget one or rule the other one out.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of like there's times that we can conquer with Joshua in the land, and then mm-hmm. there's other times we can be still and know that He's God.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, and you know, um, I I like that. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago we talked about how um, not growing comfortable in our. Christianity is actually taking sometimes this these meaty topics and actually wrestling with them in our hearts going you know have I thought about um, salvation through faith alone or justification or um, the the to- the topic of progressive sanctification have I wrestled with that mm-hmm. you know have I wrestled with um, predestination and and where that could go or uh, man's free will and and really try to land on some of those things because I feel like like um, as spiritually mature Christians, those are things that we need to, to have those in intention, um, have those things in our heart intention to just make sure that we are challenging ourselves as believers.
1: Yeah, well put.
0: So if you're okay. I would like to go into some of my examples of what I feel are milky topics and what the author of Hebrews felt are milky topics because some of those are still a little bit intimidating to me. Um, (laughs) And then I'll talk just for a a brief moment about what I feel are good examples of meaty topics. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so milky topics. I'm just going to go ahead and read Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. And this is right before one of the scariest verses in all the Bible talking about... um, (laughs) Knowing and then walking away. Yeah. But um, 6, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. Instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. So right there, he lays out what he feels are some milky topics, which I thought was really interesting. Instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. And I was like, that's milk. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. But we also know that Hebrews is like so deep. So um, it's, it's,
1: it's like all of those were in the category of sacraments almost. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and when we talk about them, I could see how some of them were milk, but I just reading them out loud. I'm like, man, these sound intimidating.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> sounded like meat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, And so like for me going on to a milky topic is, I mean, just pulling it right from first Corinthians three is not being divided by recognition of men, but only Jesus. That's a milky topic. Uh, Another milky topic that I feel like is out there is the ABCs of Christianity. Just the basic things, um, the basic tenets of discipleship, like salvation, baptism, God's word, prayer, the church, forgiveness, stewardship, quiet time, serving. These are things that we should all grasp and get into, especially in like a discipleship type of environment but I also feel like those are things that are in our daily walk that are milk that we need to come back to in order to sharpen our thoughts on them and, and not neglect them. Yeah. Because I feel like, again, there are people, um, if I just mention those that drink only milk and how sickly they might look, there are people that only eat solid food and only eat meat. Yeah. And you know what happens when, when you do that? You get dang constipated. Oh, no. I've been unhealthy for years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love steak too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were the one that introduced me to the term the meat sweats. <laughs> I did. And it's a real thing. Yes. <laughs> you don't want the meat sweats, believe me. Is, the, is it the, okay, I'm going to do another movie reference. Is it the great outdoors where he eats the old 69er, the 69 ounce steak? and oh it's ringing a bell oh my gosh it's so like thinking about how large that steak would be just yeah
1: 72 ounces. is oh, what it is okay yeah i've 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 thought about it, but I didn't have enough money if I couldn't come through. Oh, yeah. So, because you got to pay for it if you don't finish it. Oh, gosh. It's, it's the big Texan. There's in,
0: the, yeah, in, we actually have that. In, in Amarillo. Like two hours away from where we are. Yeah. It's America for
1: you. It. It's a dream. Mine,
0: <laughs> it's, it's always been a bucket list. Yeah, yeah. Not to throw up in the bucket. <laughs> the country bumpkin bucket list. Yeah. I know. I always use my completely um the same country uh (laughs) tone it's terrible i'm bringing on myself uh i wanted to talk about what i feel are examples of meaty topics uh and one uh was pulled directly from uh hebrews which was jesus's connection to melchizedek and the author of hebrews is like i if I can't tell you about this other things, how are you even going to understand this? Yeah. And then another thing might be uh, predestination, um, hermeneutics, the yeah. incarnation of Jesus, uh, Calvinism versus Arminianism, which we just talked about predestination versus yeah. man's free will, uh, eschatology. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, those are all things where I just. It's not something that you want to throw a brand new believer into the deep end and go like, tell me what your beliefs are on this, because they are going to drown in these um, very deep topics, these complex topics. Whereas um, as you introduce those things to spiritual growth, they're not nearly as daunting.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point.
0: And so that's... um, I, I've never voiced it before, and I don't think I've ever actually said it for myself. But when I come to verses that are going to be meat and milk, I'm going to have a better understanding of where I feel like the author of that particular verse was trying to lead his readers.
1: Yeah, I, I really like how you brought the examples of milk and meat because, I mean, from different st- points of view, people can, can look in this well, is that milk? Or is that meat? People look at it. And that's, that's kind of cool to see that. Um, if any listeners out there have wondered about those verses or any others out there, there's, we can all look at them. Um, I guess they're different lenses, but I like that.
0: Yeah. I, like I said, this is something that I've always read these verses and I've never just stopped to lay out what I believe my own understanding on it is. And if you're like, I don't know. I don't think I agree. <laughs> then uh, we are always welcome to criticism and um, different points of view. So yeah. uh, I feel like, you know, send us a message. That'd be awesome.
1: Well, and like you said, you know, math is math. So yeah. some of these topics can have levels of milk and levels of meat within the same exact you know yes. genre of topics. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And to go back to that one quote, it's degrees and not kinds because it's like it's not math and then – um I was going to say vocabulary, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not math and science. It's all math. It's all the same thing. It's just, again, different levels or degrees of understanding. Yeah. And, um, I, I felt like for me, again, the illustration, the Brody played. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Once again, another movie, uh, reference oceans 13 because of the nose, sorry. That's great. Yeah. Let's do this thing.
1: Okay. So, are you cool if I jump into the two words knowledge and understanding, Josh?
0: Super cool, please. All
1: right, cool. So these two words, I, I kind of felt needed some attention in this topic. Um, knowledge is the Greek word gnosis. Um, it means a knowing, knowledge, doctrine, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if it's ringing a bell, we were talking about Gnosticism earlier, um, and that's that's where that word kind of drifts into, or Gnostics who they were a branch of the early church who claimed they had special knowledge. Mm-hmm. And we really don't have to get too deep into what they believed, but it, it's something that lingers in the church even today And don't get me wrong here, because knowledge is a good thing when properly used. Um, Even God said through the prophet Hosea in Hosea 4-6, "'My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Since you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children.'" For the Old Testament, knowledge of God was found in the law of Moses. Moses, and I would say the Bible is the New Testament Christian writings where we can learn about the nature and will of God. Um, of course, there's the gift of knowledge, which is kind of drifts to another area. But God wants us to study his word so that we have it close to our hearts. I think of Psalm 119, 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. So gaining biblical knowledge is not frowned upon at all. And at this point, I would like to ask the question: Is the meat of God's word found in knowledge or understanding? And and I I found it interesting that you kind of came at this, Josh, from a standpoint of the meat in Scripture as follows, as far as understanding how Scripture connects dots and comes together through the writings, mm-hmm. which it totally does, and that's totally a part of the meat that we're talking about here. But um, I would say, in other words, can we study ourselves into the mysteries and meat of God's word? Hmm. Or does it come from a more spiritual place of understanding? Because I've known atheists who know the Bible better than some Christians. And as I've asked myself these questions during my study time this week, I kept thinking of that familiar phrase that Jesus used so often, those who have ears, let them hear. Because remember the climate that Jesus was in when he kept saying that before parables and teachings, on one side you had the religious leaders who knew the law better than all of the other people, but we can see that they didn't have ears to hear the reality of the very law that they knew so well. And standing just across the way were the poor with little education Yet some of them were able to soak in the, the meat of God's message because they had ears to hear. And I think this this messes with our human way of thinking because we, we can't master these spiritual understandings by our own will. I believe that's the very reason we have so many skeptical and disbelieving biblical scholars emerging in higher education these days. Um, these people are studying and teaching God's word for a living, and they don't even believe it's the inspired word of God, some of them is because they're resting in their accomplishments in higher education for the title. They feel that because they have reached this higher level of schooling, then they know everything there is to know. And that's exactly what the religious leaders of Jesus' day were resting in, too. So when you really think about the topic, I would say that while knowledge we obtain through studying God's Word is a part of understanding the deeper things, I almost lean towards it's more about the fully committed and surrendered heart of a true believer. Um, I think that's where real understanding starts to take root. That's where the mind of Christ starts to form in our very heads as believers. And that can only happen as we truly seek God with sincerity on deeper levels. And I, I think that's the difference between knowledge and understanding. Um, knowledge can be obtained. We can study it. We can gather it. Uh, the Proverbs tells us that's a good thing to do. Yeah. but. I think that meat and I and I I know you probably got a lot to add to some of the stuff I just said but um I my next question I asked is what exactly is meat. And so I, I kind of go to another realm yeah. with that question. Yeah. But um is, is there anything you want to add to that Josh? <laughs> uh that you're
0: blowing my mind. <laughs> 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 well, cuz all I could think of was the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm because if the power of the holy spirit is not evident in your lives then the things that the bible talks about it's it's not going to make a lot of sense mm. and i can't help but go back to even further in the beginning of first corinthians where it talks about the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing yeah. and it seems like even though people they study the bible a lot of times to be you know they want to be able to show that it has contradictions or they want to be able to to verbally jab at you saying well what about this what about this you yeah. know and it's sad that they don't read it with um an intention of understanding but more of an intention of just having the knowledge so that they can have a soapbox to stand on
1: yeah That's true. And some of those topics you mentioned earlier, those examples of what meaty scriptures are, which I totally agree with on those. Some of these scholars that don't believe know those like the back of their hand. Mm -hmm. And they can present them and teach them and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of
0: troubling. It is. And it's sad that there's this whole sect of Christianity out there where you have people that don't even believe certain sections of the Bible are true. Yeah, Jeffersons. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> the Jeffersons. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, is it the Thomas Jefferson oh, Bible? It, is it? Yeah. I
0: think it is the Jefferson. I don't think yeah. it's the, I always mix it up. <clears throat> it's either the Ben Franklin or the Thomas Jefferson, but it is, it's Thomas Jefferson. No, one of
1: the, one of those yeah. dudes,
0: but like the, the scholar who you introduced me to, uh, and not too long ago, who goes, well, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, we don't actually oh, uh, yeah. hold as uh, truth anymore.
1: Dadgummit, he's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, a lot of
0: people do that, though. Yeah, that's they, true. There, there's they, more than one. They feel like it's more fables and, and uh, what is it that they said? It's
1: just, uh, just Jewish mythology that's and, been passed down. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. and And well, that's like the foundation of our faith. God created the heavens yeah. and the earth, you know, and we lose that. We're like, well... Uh, Paul says we're supposed to be pitied. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. He's like, if, if this all doesn't happen, then we've wasted our time. No kidding. So, yeah, I just, I, like I said, you're blowing my mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this next question, it, it kind of blew my mind as I, as I got into it um, this this previous week. And it, it's the question of what exactly is meat and what should we do with it? Um, strange question at first, but I'll give my answer straight out of the gate and then explain uh, kind of what I stumbled upon. And from what I read and understand in the Bible, uh, meat is a deeper understanding of truth that comes alive within you as the living word of God reveals it to you. Let me say that one more time. Meat is a deeper understanding of truth that comes alive within you as the living word of God reveals it to you. Mm. I believe this concept is found in scriptures like 2 Corinthians 12 4, 1 Peter 1 10, and 11, and Matthew 16 17, and there's, there's more. But I, I believe the meat you find in scripture is very personal. And because it's a more personal and precious truth, we should be careful how we handle the deeper truths. Mm. Um, I actually heard a sermon recently where our pastor at the church we go to, he was preaching on Jesus' parable in Matthew 13 of the sower who sowed the seeds all over the place. Uh, Some fell on the path, some fell on the rocky soil, some in the bad soil, some fell on good soil. And the one thing the pastor pointed out was that the sower wasn't very choosy where he threw the seeds. Mm. He just kind of threw them all over the place, not just on the good soil. And he jokingly made the comment, you know, I think I would have been a little more choosy by throwing it on the good soil where I know it would grow. But he clarified the, the situation by saying he thought the reason Jesus told the parable that way was to show how God is offering the truth to everyone, even the ones he knows will reject it. That way, no one's going to have an excuse when Jesus comes back. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's for all to receive, even though many won't. And I really enjoyed that insight, and I totally agree with it. But as I was listening to it, I kept thinking of Matthew 7-6 that says, Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. And if you're not familiar with that verse, uh, I'm going to quote what one commentator um, said about what he believed that meant. The holy and the pearls must define themselves for each individual in his own experience. They are the things which are sacred and precious for a man or woman, and which natural feeling teaches us to be careful not to waste or expose to desecration. For this purpose, knowledge of the world, discrimination, is necessary. We must not treat all people alike and show our valuables, religious experiences, best thoughts, tender sentiments to the first comer. It, this is speaking of those deep truths and revelations that God has given uniquely to each believer that we should be very, I believe, very discerning in who we share things with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the gospel in itself as milk, not in the sense of worth, but as the very thing that we share with any and everyone. Mm. But the meat would be more guarded and personal revelations that are discovered on our Christian walk. And there very well may be times where God needs us to share those deeper truths with others, whether for building each other up or some special circumstance that God, you know, he put a divine appointment together. But I really felt like that was something important to mention because I have definitely confided some of my personal deep spiritual experiences with certain other believers. And it really did feel like giving pearls to swine, whether it was because they flat out disbelieved what I was saying or um, they just weren't able to receive it. Whatever the case, I learned that the meat in Scripture and spiritual experiences that I have received and and we receive sometimes are God's gift to us as we grow. And sometimes it's best to be kept for our eyes only, kind of like Paul when he went to the third heaven, very personal, only for him. And I I love how you went the direction, Josh, of the deeper actual writings in Scripture that we can grow together and talk about. But my mind also went to these more... um, precious gifts and yeah. spiritual experiences that that sometimes it's not for everyone else. It's for us, and God gives them to us as gifts. Yeah, the, I,
0: I think it's really interesting that that's the direction that you went, uh, especially because of the fact that you're not going to be able to develop those certain things unless your relationship with God is strong. And so it, it still has that implication of spiritual maturity and spiritual growth that you need in order to... Basically find meat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well I guess it's uh it's it's the whole meal whenever because like we talked about, scholars can be very learned, but they're missing that. You know, mm-hmm. and that's like the other, the, the, the better part of, of the meat or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel weird. The, the, the choice part. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Prime rib or, or whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, what you just presented, I'm going to have to ponder on for a while and I can't wait to edit this one so I can just think about it more. Cause I don't know if you listeners know this, but a lot of times I find myself listening, Um, on the week that the episode comes out with right alongside y'all going, what did we say again? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, uh, not like, I don't know. I hope that doesn't sound prideful, but I'm like, cause we'll get some feedback and somebody says, I like what you said right there. And I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, It's been a few weeks because we want to try to stay ahead of our schedule and not, uh, run out of anything and, and make sure that we've always got a little bit of a buffer of, um, you know, we're letting you behind the magic curtain of the wizard of Oz. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But we always want to make sure that we have a few episodes to be able to release, and so um, this is one I'm going to chew on for a little bit. And uh, well,
1: God, you know, God led me in that direction, and I I hope I didn't overstep with uh, my own thoughts over God's word and any of that. But I I really was—it was a a heartfelt direction that God sent me towards.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I just—I was—I don't know. It's been a day because I was just listening and staring at your bookshelf over here, and I was like. Hmm, I can't wait to hear this again. So <laughs> a I thousand can thousand miles. Yeah, <laughs> so I can formulate more thoughts. But I mean, the whole issue of milk versus meat is still again about growth, mm-hmm. and, and growth in the life of a believer is a matter of personal decision. Um, You know, we have people that pour into us, especially when we're new believers or babies, and they're the ones that help us grow, just like Paul wanted to with the churches that he mentored. Mm -hmm. But at at a point, all of a sudden, our growth doesn't happen by mistake. Our growth has to come from being diligent and disciplined and our willingness to read, study, and be disciples of God and His Word. And then you have to couple that with the power of the Holy Spirit, kind of some along some of the lines that you were just talking about, um, because knowledge puffs up. Yes. You know, and uh, I feel like that's an obvious thing, and it has to come with understanding. And I pray that, like Spurgeon— the more understanding that we have, the more humble we become, because the more we realize that we don't deserve any of these things that we have, Yeah, but it's only through God. And so I wanted to end um, just the portion that I had is first and foremost, what are we eating and drinking? Because if you are spiritually mature enough, are you on a diet of milk and solid food? Um, And what's that solid food look like? Is it something that you're getting from your daily devotion? Is it something where you're challenging yourself? Do you have someone speaking into your life? Um, Are you looking at some of these more complex uh, topics of the faith? Or do you need someone to challenge you to say, hey, why don't you look into eschatology and and uh, see what you what your thoughts are on it, because I feel like when you love the Lord, uh, you're going to want to talk about some of these deeper things and, and at least have an understanding of them. And what are you drinking? You know, are there basic tenets of the faith that are considered milk um, that you're neglecting? You know, uh, there's a lot of people that love the Lord, but actually never serve and they never tithe. And, you know, I'm not like, you need to tithe right this minute, you know, that's, that's not the point, but there is an aspect of our relationship with God that develops healthily when we actually follow the things that he's asking us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, another question that, uh, we have to ask is what are we being fed? Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of times, we, we have to be careful because we've talked about this. We talked about like where there's smoke, there's fire. We talked about the different pastors and things like that, because there's some people that are like, I'm leaving this church because I never get fed. Yeah. And, you know, there chambers. Yeah, exactly. And there is to a degree, uh, I mean, you have to look at what's being taught from the pulpit, but you also have to look at what's inside. And so I think there's a 50-50 balance there on, is it your issue or is it the church's? Because, you know, if the church is, only feeding cotton candy from the pulpit, then maybe that's not the church for you. But if you're not going to church and you're not receiving, then that's more on you. And, yeah. you know, I, I I appreciate that our church has a slide that says something like Sunday morning truths are changing our Monday morning realities. And yeah. it, it's something like that. But it's basically saying, like, if what is taught on Sunday doesn't change your Monday, then you need to change your Sunday. And it's not like a completely deep theological concept. It just means like the things that you're getting out of church should be uh, challenging you. And, you know, one of the last questions that I have is, are we hungry? Because... A hunger in the word of God and a thirst for God's goodness should be something that is perpetual. It should be something that is cyclical. You know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's not like, you know, we can eat food one time and then we're like, I'm full forever. We have to keep coming back. And I would pray that that hunger that's stirred up from the word of God would lead to more and more and more and more and, more, and just wanting to dive in and wanting to go further. And so but I thought um,
1: Jesus said that when you drink of his will, you'd never thirst again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just, my mind, it always plays devil's advocate.
0: Dude, combating scripture, with <laughs> scripture. Come on, oh, man.
1: That's, that's actually satanic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he also said, give us today our daily bread.
1: So,
0: yeah. and then he said, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but only by the word of God." <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing more. <laughs> yeah, you blew my mind and you broke my brain. You, Good job, Steven. You got me. <laughs> I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just feel like for us, um, we need milk and we need meat. And if you're at that point where you're like, I don't think I've ever had meat. Guess what? That's okay. Just keep drinking milk, the pure milk of the Word of God, and progress towards solid food and find someone that can help you on that progression. And uh, if you think you're getting some murky milk, make sure that you're getting the pure milk of the Word of God. If you feel like the doctrine in your milk is bad, then, you know, I would say go look at our episode called Where There's Smoke, There's Fire, and just make sure that you're not getting um, bad things poured in you from the pulpit, all those kind of things.
1: Yeah, yeah very true. You sometimes just a, a quick overlook into those things is, is very healthy. Yes. yeah, that's some great things to look into in all of our lives. Um, I, I don't have a lot more, Josh. I, I have some ending thoughts myself, and um, as far as those go, I just I want to encourage everyone, uh, including myself, to do two things. Um, number one, don't make things too complicated. And number two, don't simplify things when they need attention. Um, we are snake birds after all, and that's that's what we do. It's the balance, yeah, uh, as far as complicating things, that can be a huge burden that we put on ourselves that we were never meant to carry. Um, God has given us such a great gift through Jesus, and if we're not careful, we can distort that gift in our own mind where we muddy such clear waters. It reminds me of the uh, 613 extra laws that were made in the Jewish Torah when God initially gave only 10. Um, They kept complicating things with exacting questions, Mm -hmm. and we can do the same thing. Um, We see in Galatians 5.14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So don't overcomplicate things. Accept and live for Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. You'll be headed in the right direction. And then if we're not uh, simplifying things that need attention, this would be in regard to complacency, which it hinders growth. Sometimes we can take a back seat in life and just coast. I come from a background where uh, I heard a lot of cherry-picked scriptures repeated over and over and over again. And at times, some scriptures that I heard repeated so many times were simplified with such tunnel vision that a whole new meaning was invented from what those verses were really saying. And half the time, those were taught from Bible colleges and seminary courses, some of these things. Um, sometimes they're not as, you know, clever and deep as they say mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, um, The Bible is referred to as the living Word of God for a reason. And the reason is because it grows us at every point of new understanding. You can never say, oh, I went to school or church and learned that those truths years ago. I've already been educated on this stuff or maybe it's simply tied to your upbringing and you've you've never entertained the thought that maybe you should look into this area where uh, your attention keeps getting pulled towards. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage you Christian keep moving forward as you stand on the milk you know to be true, the essential beliefs, but also don't neglect the blessings along the way that are available to those who constantly seek and grow. In the meat and mystery of our omnipotent God, mm. all-knowing, we can never understand Him, but we can always get closer to Him. Yeah, um, you know, Proverbs twenty-five two says it's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. Yes, and so that's those are the two things that I think of um, at the end. Here is is don't make things too complicated, but don't oversimplify. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think if we didn't have Snakebird as a title for our podcast, The Meat and the Mystery would be fun. right. Yeah, it, it is. It is yeah. a sister title, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Because you'd be like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does it even mean? It's a, it's a grilling podcast, and then I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, guys, if y'all thought that we were too milky or too meaty today— Send us your thoughts. Connect with us. <laughs> <laughs> Josh just cracked up.
0: <laughs> oh. Was this two percent? Was it? Uh, do you uh, Napoleon, where he's like, "Are you drinking two percent because you think you're fat? <laughs> you, you, could, you could drink whole milk.
1: That's great. I saw I saw a meme the other day that the angel is approaching God, and he was like, "What are they doing now? He's like, "They're making milk from almonds and he said are you kidding me i gave them like eight animals to get that from <laughs> that's wonderful oh it's, yeah milky topic yeah it reminded me how do you milk oatmeal come on are you kidding me <laughs> they had me rolling yeah
0: no that's funny again for those that are lactose intolerant This is still a message for you. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, um, please, if you have thoughts on this, we'd love to hear them. You can let us know by sending us a message to Snakebird on Facebook, or you can directly email us at connect at com. We'd love to hear if you need support in anything. We'd love to hear if you have a prayer request. We just want to walk with you in any situation. And, again, I said it earlier, if you have a critique – we're going to be listeners. You know, we want to make sure that what we're saying is correct. And yeah. and that's part of being a snake bird or a Berean or a Christian is just walking with God and admitting if we're wrong. And, you know, we, we are not going to stray from a milky or a meaty topic.
1: No kidding. No. Yeah. And like you said, Josh, earlier, how sometimes we'll listen to our episode as it airs weeks after we recorded it. There's times I re-listen to one and I'm like, man. I, I was thinking of my next thing I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, man, I've missed that. Josh really you, you know oh, yeah. inspired me and uh, and helped me grow. So we hope we're doing that for you. Yes. And y'all do that for us, too. We've had recently some uh, people reach out through direct messaging and, and Facebook and stuff, and it, it really lifts our spirits to know mm-hmm. that, that me and Josh aren't in this alone, and yes. we've got y'all. and. I know I'm very Texan, but we we are we're so grateful for all of you out there very much. And um, uh, please do reach out because it, it means more to us than just a, a catchy thing to say at the end of our episodes here.
0: Yes, and and if you want to help grow the show and make it available for more people to access, uh, leaving a review and um, leaving a star rating yeah, five. <laughs> a five star rating <laughs> would go a long way. And if you don't feel like it's a five star, do what the Lord puts on. Your heart, yeah. but, but no five less stars. than four,
1: <laughs> 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 but no less than five. So, yeah, if no, if it's less than four, just leave it alone.
0: <laughs> that's that's so funny. <laughs> like, we're gonna get all these one star reviews. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Love so God. yeah uh, That's that's meat and milk We pray that it ministered Another M word To your mighty spirit <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just end it here Always remember Whatever you do Wherever you go No matter what life throws at you There's never been a better time To enjoy the milk and meat of God's word It's time to get hungry and thirsty And, and be a snake bird, bird.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like how you separated and brought some examples of milk and meat because that can. What was that noise? Oh, it, it might have been me. I don't know. Oh, sorry. So, I, I thought you farted at first.
0: Dang, dude. brother,
1: the burp's all right, but.
0: <laughs> Daddy do not have COVID anymore. He can still smell. Daddy's windows don't open in this room. <laughs> What is milk milk <laughs> what is milk and what is meat it's just milk <laughs> uh i feel like that's an uh, obvious uh, obvious uh, the choice part i uh, yeah. yeah
1: prime yeah <laughs> so that was cut that <laughs> said that super weird
0: <laughs> i'm going to keep it i'm going to keep it how you dare